This week on the Road to Cinema podcast, producer Effie Brown shares her experiences being a veteran producer, her time as a development executive at Tim Burton's company, producing the hit indie film Dear White People, and her time on the HBO reality series Project Greenlight, which was produced by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. We'll also discuss her friendship and working collaboration with Oscar-nominated director Lee Daniels and her advice for people beginning their careers in the entertainment industry. For more information on the Road to Cinema podcast, please visit jogroadproductions.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Jog Road Productions YouTube channel to watch video interviews with Don Cheadle, Greta Gerwig, and many more. You can follow us on Twitter at Jog Road, Instagram at Jog Road Productions, You can like us on Facebook, Jog Road Productions. And don't forget to write us a nice review on the iTunes podcast page under the Road to Cinema podcast and press that subscribe button. And now we join producer Effie Brown as she shares her early experiences working as the director of development at Tim Burton's production company. You were at Loyola Marymount College and you were in the film program there. So what sort of uh, took you down the route to producing? Was that always what you wanted to do when you were studying film? You know, that's so funny because when I went to Loyola, I, um, I thought I was going to be an actress. And then I realized that I couldn't handle rejection. And, uh, and on my first day of orientation, I always knew that I wanted to work in film, but I didn't quite know what was up. You know what I mean? Like when I, when I say what was up, meaning... How you know, coming from, yeah, how the business yeah. worked, like, you know what I mean? Like, this was a time I'm dating myself a little bit. Like, there was, like, video cameras came out, but they were, like, as big as, like, laptop computers, and they were, like, $10,000. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or yeah. you had a Super 8 camera, and my parents were like, that sounds like a great idea. Um, do you do your multi- multiplication tables better? You know what I mean? So they didn't really, whatever, I'm going a little long-winded, but... I went to, so I thought I was going to be an actress, and that's how I got into school on theater scholarships. And then uh, on like one of the first days, I always knew I wanted to do film. So then I made my way into the film department and demanded that they let me in. There was a wonderful man named Howard Lavick. Like I went to his office and he was like, who is this chick coming in all piss and vinegar? And like, you know, and he took a shine to me, bless his, bless his heart. (laughs) And he, um, you know, gave me a shot. So it was through there going to Loyola and going through the film program, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a director. Because those are the things that you know when you're watching. Like, I'm going to be a director. I'm going to be an actress. And then I realized, like, oh, there's a person who puts it all together <laughs> yeah. and, like, makes a dysfunctional, functional family and executes the vision. And, like, you know, and is the boss, because I like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, this is great. Because, I, you know, directing was awesome. But that's really hard. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people ask you a lot of questions and you have to answer them all and have, you know, um, and that's when I, you know, and I just sort of slowly realizing like I'm a control freak, but I know a lot of people, people know that I like have their back, you know what I mean? So yeah. like doing all their short films and things and they're like, oh, that's what a producer is. I was like, what? <laughs> and it was, and it was great. And it was good because I was still minored in theater. So I knew all the good actors and a lot of times directors and writers are a little antisocial. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like film and theater in colleges, they're very separate. Totally separate. They're yeah. like, what are those weirdos? <laughs> and I'm like, those are the weirdos that you need in order to like execute, like to say these lines. But, um, but it was great. It was, it was a, you know, it uh, had a particular skill set. <laughs> 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 and Loyola helped me recognize it. <laughs> 
And, uh, and then after college, you had worked uh, at Tim Burton's company? Is I that, did, right? but my first thing after, like during like halfway through, not halfway through, it was during my senior year, I called the Black Business Bureau, and then I got my first internship with Robert Townsend ah. doing the Five Heartbeats. So that was my first foray into that. And then also be, um, it's now called Film Independent, but at the time it was called IFP West. I got into a pro, this is before I graduated college, like I knew I had to like figure it out. Yeah. Otherwise, like I wouldn't, um, it was going to be way harder for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I knew I had to start early, like to get a jump start. So I got into a program called Project Involve. And that, uh, Project Involve, and, the project, uh, and what they did is they hooked you up with a mentor. And my mentor was a woman named Lori Parker, ah. who then, um, by my mentorship with her, we did a film called Rough Magic uh, with um, uh, Bridget Fonda and Russell Crowe was one of his first movies here. Mm. And then she went on to run Tim Burton's company and then brought me on. So that was like the sort of circuitous route. So what were you learning working at uh, Tim Burton's company? I think you eventually became director of development. There. I was. I came in as director of oh, development. Oh, you came in as director of development. Mm -hmm. ah. No, I mean, it was a bit of like, I mean, I think more, because like real story is, is that we all got fired. <laughs> at Tim Burton's Oh, company? totally did. Oh, okay. Yeah, we totally, we all of us got fired. It was so like, that was like, hello, Hollywood. And it had nothing to do with like, um, it was just like a business thing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Like that's between Lori and Tim. But one day, like all of us, like Lori was able, you know, I love her with everything that we got. Um, she's the one that taught me about, you know, making sure of legacy and making sure that you bring up other people, you know? Yeah. Um, and we'll get into that. Like, that's like one of like, she's the one who like gave me my, like my mission statement of being a producer. But she was also the one that was like, let me tell you about Hollywood, kid. <laughs> and then you realize, uh, you know, how women are treated differently than men. And then also when you're playing, she came from an indie world, right? And then Tim Burton was her first um, foray into like the big studio world. Yeah. And, you know, and like we couldn't bring... Just two different realities two in a way? Two completely different realities. Like, you know what I mean? We were sort of like, she was a type of woman and I love her. Like, I love, she still produces. She bought me on to do Jane Campion's In the Cut. Like, the, it totally paid off. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, it all, like, those relationships totally paid off. But, like, she was a woman that was, like, sort of badass. Like, she'd be on a panel at, like, some, you know, with all these fancy old, like, you know, white dude producers talking about how fabulous they are. And she would, like, whip out her titty and feed her kid, like, on the panel. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, it freaked them all out, you know? But it was so great because, like, women were like, well, her kid's hungry and she's moderating this panel yeah, and y'all are just going on. Part of life. Yeah, like, this yeah. is what it looks like. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you know, and it was the best because you got to see, um, like all these like big important, like, but she was that woman. Like that's that indie yeah. star I'm spitting on you. That's that indie spirit. You know what I mean? Of like, what? We got to, you know. And then, but you know, once you go to the studio world, it's a little bit more buttoned up. It's a little bit more. Conservative. At least in my opinion. Yeah. This is my, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't in those rooms, but it just seemed a little bit, you know, fake. Uh, and when you're indie, like you don't have to be fake. <laughs> <laughs> or conservative, you can call it that. Uh, but while you were working there, what were some of your responsibilities initially? We, I was in charge, and I loved it. I was in charge of uh, the low-budget division and also just director of development for all of his stuff. And at the time, what we were doing, this was like years ago, um, we were, which totally fit my mandate as well, of looking for up-and-comers mm. to do uh, that he, Tim Burton, could produce. So like Tim Burton presents. And exactly. And that. then we had that. And then like, but what I loved about that experience, 
And I think I met him truly like maybe twice, three times, maybe. <laughs> like real talk. I don't want to make See, it sound like... People don't realize a lot of these development companies, the actual principal person no. isn't always involved. Yeah, I like mean, I was... making a movie. I wasn't... Uh, this was like... Else, fi- so. Exactly. Like, I was like, <laughs> it's like 15 or 20. Like, so, how old am I now? Like, it was such a long time ago yeah. that, you know what I mean? Like, Lori, like there was like bigger dudes, like bigger ladies above me. And that was my gig. But what I did do, like it was around the time there was a... I got really into um, comic books Mm. and graphic novels because we knew that that was a good place, like way back, back before like the Marvel, like that was the place to mine content for him, you know? And then there was also, I think Denise DeNovi was the director of development before me or was running his company before, but she bought in this great book called Geek Love that I think no one still has done yet. But I remember bringing in or being the first part of Sweeney Todd. Wow. Like that was it, right? Yeah. And then like, you know, and then like we all got fired. How did you and identify from the musical or? The musical. You, I mean, yeah. it was Sweeney Todd. I mean, like it wasn't like it was, I wasn't like a genius for oh, no, picking it you know, out. I, you know what I mean? No, like, and like, I think the agent like, called. Yeah. I was like, you like, knew, like it was available and like. Yeah. It was about like, and I, yeah, I want yeah. to say, I spoke to Son. Like, I remember like having that moment where you're just like, like, oh, you know, we have this thing called um, Sweeney Todd. And I was like, sweet. Remember, I'm a theater nerd, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it paid off. You know, I was like, yeah. Um, you know, at last my hand is complete, you know, when he's holding the razor, like that was great. Um, yeah, so that was like, but that was some of the things, but like, um, but what I really learned, it was a short time. I think we made it like, I think we were there for a year before and it was when he was doing Mars attack. So it was like so long ago. Um, and it was just, you know, I don't, I don't think it was the right fit for, you know, between like, you know, Lauren himself, but this is years ago he wouldn't recognize me if like i like hey he would have no idea who i am he would have nothing you know what i mean so like he doesn't have you know so we, we weren't like me and tim burton not at all that was not what it looked like well at that point did you learn a lot of skills as far as like identifying properties that are good to develop and sort of keeping your eye out on things that you know you think would be, i did uh, but i have to say that i was running at that time i was before that like when i came out of school I was a part of that project, uh, project involved, involved right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then from there, like, uh, Lori brought me on to PA on a on the film called Rough Magic. And then after I did Rough Magic, I was doing development for Lori. And I always say that she was the one that actually gave me the lesson of, hey, this is what good content is. Um, because remember, she used to be the Gus Van Sant's producer, just so, you know, who did uh, To Dive... Uh, I think it was to die for even cowgirls get the blues and the first one. Uh, drugstore cowboy. Thank you, drugstore yeah. cowboy. I know she didn't do Tim um, to die for, but like yeah, but she was like that like beautiful taste. Mm-hmm. And I remember her like she was the one who introduced me to Uzan Palsy, Jane Campion, Jocelyn Morehouse. Like she has, and she's still around. She's writing now and producing, but she has impeccable taste, and that's where I learned it. So I can't, you know, what I can credit that whole. Um, Tim Burton Productions experience was like my first taste yeah. of like, oh, this is how the big dogs are. Like, got it. And then realizing that that probably wasn't the road that I wanted to go. Mm. And also like developing your own taste and projects you would Well, yeah, but my was yeah. great. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But it became very, you know, I've always, and this is interesting, I've always been very clear. My, my taste hasn't necessarily, it has matured. But what I loved, what got me into film is the same thing. Um, sorry, I'm a big wet thing. Oh, no I'm sorry, I'm like, this one's like, the big, like, the big, I'm like, sorry, the big gristling right in front of me. Um, but the thing that, like, when I was a kid is the same stuff that I like now and the same types of movies. Like, if you look at the breadth of movies that I make, it, there, there's a, 
like I'd like to think that I'm unique and like a snowflake, but I'm not. Like it's a, such a common thread with all of my films. Mm. They're always about the other. It's always about the marginalized and it's always about the little guy coming up. Whether it be, you know, from Real Women Have Curves, you know, the Latina, like, I'm a big girl, but like, I'm fabulous. From, you know, um, even line producing, but I'm a cheerleader, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so everything that I've done from rocket science to like, dear white people, of course, um, you know, and now I'm going off to do another movie now and it's uh, with Disney, um, you know, about a zombie musical and it's about inclusiveness and diversity. Like it all, like from my very first films, like my very first films, to now, you have the through line. Yeah. Well, it's great. You've been able to sort of stay within the path of movies that, you know, connect with you. That you've yeah. never sort of like, you know, been forced to sort of branch out beyond that in a way. Yeah. I mean, like the one, I mean, I might have done that one or two times and they've been miserable experiences. You know, when you, you know, just to speak frankly, like when you whore yourself out, like, you know, sometimes you got to pay you got to pay the mortgage <laughs> or you got to pay that car payment or that rent. And you're like, Ugh, I'll go do that shitty movie or do that. And it was, and it was a disaster. Like it always has been like my karma and like my immediate, like yeah. God has always been like, no, smack on the <laughs> nose. Right. I'm like, don't do that. Okay. You know, like I'll figure out another way to, you know, like maybe they will just come and repossess my car. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. So after uh, working at Tim Burton's company, then you were branching off more to working as an independent producer. I did. I went back to working for Lori. Yeah. I went back to working for Lori. And then from there, um, you know, and that was really, you know, the struggle of like, you know, she really did. I'm talking a lot about her, but like that was, you know, when somebody mentors you and takes you under their wing, especially in this business, you get to see the ups and the downs, you Mm. know, and we, and that's, and we got to see the ups and downs with her. And, um, eventually she was like, look, like she was putting herself in, um, in a bad spot by keeping me employed because she, like, she believed like, you know, she made her dysfunctional family and I was a part of it. And she, you know what I mean? And then it was almost to her detriment that she was just keeping me, you know, around and paid for and all of that stuff. And eventually like we, cause I love her and she loves me. And she was like, I was like, you got to let me go because you got to, you know what I mean? Like you got to let me go because like you're going into debt for me. And like, Mm -hmm. that's the life of an independent producer because when you have nothing, you're like, look, I have nothing, but you want to keep your people around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like you got a studio where you have big overhead and you can afford to keep the staff all the time. Yeah, so that was a thing. And she had like four staff and I was the last one because I was the cheapest, you know, and also I like, because she loved me, but (laughs) I was also the cheapest, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you know, coming up as her assistant, like direct D girl, you know? Um, but yeah, like that was, I don't know, I forgot the question. I sort of went off on memory lane. Sorry. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> I'm like, you better keep oh, no, me right. together because I'll be like, and then one time. Right. Oh, that you were, you were going to branch off as an independent producer. Right. Sorry, that yeah. was so after, after she stopped working for Lori. Right. So she had yeah. the hug and release, but which was great because that was a thing. Because not only, because here's the thing, I came up in development and all of that. But remember, like, uh, not remember, I didn't tell you, like I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a control freak and I came up as an army brat, right? So yeah. I like um, I like structure and knowing what my boxes are and what the structure is so I know how to play with it and to make it feel looser, you know? Yeah. Um, so which, and I'm good with money and I'm good with making things like, you know, and I think a lot of women are. It's like, oh, we have $10? Hmm, how can we make it look like 20? You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's what we do. Like that's just yeah. sort of our, anyway, I feel like it's sexist, but who cares? I'm not politically correct. That's what I feel. And so I became a, a line producer. And that was a thing. A lot of people weren't able to take money 
and uh, you know money and art and make it work. And that was a you know that was part of the skill set that I learned at Loyola, where I was like, oh, yeah, got it, because I'm definitely creative, but like I also have like a bossy money sense, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Really, you know, I mean, as well. Yeah. Well, it probably teaches you a lot of like problem solving skills that help you even when you're not in that line producer role now that you're doing more above the line type stuff. Totally. You know what yeah. I mean? Now, you know, as an EP and like, you know, producer, it's great. But, and I always tell people this, like, I mean, really, as like, don't be one of those producers that just like are able to look at a monitor and be like, oh, and hang out with the actors. Like I have like the least amount of respect for those types of producers and they're also, in my opinion, really weak. I think that, like, as, you know, coming up, like, I think the people who've come up through the ranks, I think that makes them better and, like, a better artist, better filmmakers, yeah. better producers. Because when you know, like, oh, that's why we're falling apart. Because when you're, I came up as a PA. So I know that, like, ooh, that actress having a moment. And then you can go to the makeup and hair person and find out, you know, are the Teamsters, like, the drivers know everything, first and foremost. <laughs> no, I mean, like, real talk. Yeah. Go to a Teamster, because they'll be like, well, let me tell you where I picked her up today. You know what I mean? The, you know what I mean? Like, that's the stuff. Like, but when you're a producer, yeah. because if you've come up through the ranks, you know that, like, you know what? This location is great for us look-wise, but we have five grips. And those grips are like, they're not like, you know, their trajectory yeah. isn't like, I'm going to become a big producer or a big whatever. You know, they're like, they're like the working, you know, the one, the backs that we make all this off of, you know. So yeah. as a producer, I'm able to say, ooh, we better make sure that we pull in more people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or else we're not going to have a crew. Yeah. Like my guys are, you know, and gals are going to be like, uh, what? You want me to take this big ass dolly up five flights of step? You couldn't find an elevator? You know, anyway, I can go on and on. Yeah. But, that but it's that good to understand helped. all those layers that are there. You have to. Because when something comes up, you know, it's you have to be able easier to, pivot. To, to solve and move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you have to know how to pivot, you know, and being, and if you don't know, like, and I've been in that situation. Remember, I've come up through the ranks, you know, like from PA to coordinating. And I hated coordinating. That was the worst job I ever had. Um, and then I, you know, production managing and line producing. Yeah. You know, you get to see, you know, like uh, how money oftentimes dictates creative, mm. you know. And so if you know how money works and how a movie is built, you're able to go to your director and say, okay, we can either do the spaceship or we can do the apocalyptic zombie walking scene. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but we don't have money to do both. Like, what do you want to do? You know, and then we, and you can make it better rather than like, you know, being that other type of like producer that's like, I don't know, you know, or like, you know, are going back to like somebody asking for more money or stopping production to raise more money. Yeah. You know. Well, after you had uh, spent a, quite a while being a line producer, what was sort of the first project that you delved into, you know, as a full on producer after that? Um, it was, um, there was a lovely, another woman who took a shine to me and um, named Maud Nadler, who used to work at HBO Films. And she did like American Splendor. She we did Real Women Have Curves together, Rocket Science, and Stranger Inside. And she did like um, Maria Full of Grace. Like she has like that oh, woman wow. has. When I say impeccable taste, that woman. She got out of yeah. the business and I was a yoga teacher. <laughs> but that woman right there, forget about it. Like she, she beautiful taste. Um, yeah, remember those were all like early 2000s. Remember that? Yeah. Really, yeah, that's and that's when I made my leap from not being a line producer to producer, mm. and it was so interesting. Like it's so I didn't realize I was weirdly always shamed a little bit. Like people always gave me, and they, 
no, I just don't care anymore. Like people always thought, um, like, oh, you're not creative because you're a line producer. You know what I mean? They like to keep you in a box. And what I loved is that um, Maude, you know, and Jim McKay and all those people, they like let me get out of that box. They're like, you're a producer now, go. Like make it happen. You know, and uh, and then I was really able to spread my wings with Stranger Inside. That was a movie directed by Cheryl Dunier. And then I went and did Real Women Have Curves right after that. And then because I um, I have like I have a particular set of skills, you know, I was I took over a show called Everyday People, you know, for HBO. Like I was able to come in and get it into shape financially, and then like keep it going creatively shooting. Um, but that was that, you know, like those were yeah. things. And then it was eventually like, you know, getting my chops as a creative producer. But I call it, it's interesting because I kind of call it a full service producer. Like, I don't know. That's just who I am. You know what I mean? Like when you get me, like now I'm doing this big, in my opinion, like it's a bigger budgeted, you know, film. This a is zombie the music. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where, and I'm the EP, right? You know, and they're not, and they're like, there's people for that. Like, I'm not even, like, I, like, I, it's sort of hard for me to even get to a look at the budget. Real talk, right? You know what I yeah. mean? Where before I was like, but that was like my, they're like, we don't want you for that. Before like, we you're just you. like, I have to see everything. I've seen I, yeah. And now they're, and now they're like, cause this is, in a way. Yeah. Now they're like, you're in a studio, sister. You know, and it's Disney Channel. You know what I mean? They're like, so it's for, but it's like a big, like, it's like, anyway, I probably, I might sign an NDA, but, um, but I'll just, <laughs> I'll be trying to be as vague as I can. But like, it's a different, it's a different world where yeah. they're like, we don't, you know, it's like one of the times where I'm like, like a star, you know, for Fox, you know, the for the pilot and what have you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, you all couldn't care less about what I think about the budget and the hiring and the dysfunctional family. Like you guys are really like creatively support the director and figure it out. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and that's what, you know, and that's what we're doing here for Disney, you know, channel as well. Yeah. Uh, the, I love how I talked about myself in like third person. <laughs> I'm like, isn't that weird? It's so hard. Well, you talked about, um, mm-hmm. you know, being kind of like a full service producer, being able to understand everything. Um, what are some of like the skill sets you think are necessary to be sort of like that creative producer? What are some of those to assets? Be, to be a creative producer? Or to just I, sort of like develop those skills. You know, to develop like, those skills. Yeah. I mean, I feel that first and foremost, everybody is creative. I really, I, I really feel that we do ourselves a big disservice by um, thinking that like, you know, there's something I got to learn or there's something I got to I gotta do in order to be, it's like, you know what? Yeah. It's in you. It's a God-given <laughs> gift. Everybody's creative. You know what I mean? Or everybody knows what they like. Like what you like is what you like. What I like is what I like. And then how you foster that. For me, you know, um, I like to do things that move me. And the things that move me, you know, I can, I'm easily able to identify, which is always stories about the other. But I like genre. I like thriller, action, sci-fi, horror. Like, that's my jam, right? I like fantasy. Like, you start figuring out, like, what do you like and being okay with what you like. And then you're able to say, well, what other movies? Like, what are like that? You know, like, what are the types of movies that you like or what have you? And then, like, well, what are those books? Did it come from a book? Who are those authors? Like, it's just that sort of, like, we already do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, what are you reading right now? What magazines do you go to? What that's on dating myself because now it's all online. But you know <laughs> what I mean? Like you know what I mean? But like like what are you like what are you reading? Yeah. What blogs? Like all of that. Like all of those things are being able to be mined for, for content. You know, I don't feel necessarily like I loved going to film school. Um, I don't know if creatively film school 
is like what you need in order to be a filmmaker. I don't necessarily know. I do know that you should know your history. You should be able to know, because as a creative producer, yeah. you're going to need to be like, oh, a thriller like what? A thriller like, you know what I mean? And be able to go back from like like the apartment. Are you thinking like the Ilya Kazan, like baby doll? Are you thinking like, you know what I mean? Are you yeah. thinking like, or even like badass? Or that baby? You've got to be able to see because yeah. truly, you know, you got to be like, there's a lot of story. I mean, like, we didn't come up with everything, you know, like, like this is like, you know, it's 2017. Like a lot of the stories I've been told well, is just like dressed up differently. Like everything the seven is, years. Every yeah. story has it's, been, it's been told, right? Yeah. It's like, there's only seven stories and like, and you can dress them up. It's a hero's journey. It's this, you know, um, but all this is to say like, you know, my, if like saying to develop the skills is like, get secure with what you like. And now with the internet and like all of that, there's other people that feel the same way that you are. You know, that you do. You can find your family. You can find the niche people that are like, oh my God, I love zombie space movies too. You know what I mean? Like, great. You can find that. I mean, yeah. like if you want to make more mainstream, that's a whole different thing. But um, well, what's great too now is streaming and TV. All the different, the every niche can be served in a way. Everything. There's every something out there is... for everything. And But what's interesting now, I mean, it's a whole different part of a conversation, but it's a bit about branding, you know, because yeah. it's so much, it's exhausting. Like I get like, you know, I watch too much TV. I do, which AKA movies, like, you know, Netflix, yeah. on demand, like that's my jam. I'm in the Academy, so I'm really excited. Like when I get to go to screenings there and you get their DVD, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I'm there's in just it. so much to consume. There's so much yeah. to consume, but I'm a greedy pig. So I like to consume it all. <laughs> I'm like this, I'm like, oh, you know, like, so, but that's my thing. But like, am I, but here's the other thing too. Like I have a good history, you know what I mean? Like I can talk about rollerball from Planet of the Apes. I can talk, do you know what I mean? Like that's sort of like my jam, but like, you know, a lot of times creative producers and creative filmmakers and people, you know what you need to do? You need to go outside and you need to like meet real people and have yeah. real experiences, like not just regurgitate, you know what I mean? Yeah. A, a movie. So you know, that too is also, you know, that that is also important. Yeah, having sort a of balance of real life and mm -hmm. context and movie history and everything. Exactly. Uh, I, I like how you like sum up everything <laughs> that I'm saying so nicely. Can I circle. just say, I love that. I'm like, yes, whatever you said, that sounds much nicer coming from you. <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to talk about Dear White People because in that case, uh, which is really interesting, you had a very successful crowdfunding campaign. And I'm just curious what you thought was sort of the 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 uh, the uh, what word am I supposed to see? Uh, trick or you know what what sort of came about to make that so successful? You know what's interesting? I had nothing to do with it. I had uh -huh. nothing to do like that was all Justin who did that on his own, trying to get people interested in. Did his he stuff. have a following before? I guess no. The, uh... He had like a small no no. Uh -huh. I mean like he really he's so talented. He did that trailer. It's like what a lot of people do now when they're like, I'm going to do a trailer, a concept trailer or something because like you're trying to break through and people are yeah. like, mm, have you done anything before? Uh, a short, a couple of web series. <gasps> mm. So what he did and he did a phenomenal job that it went viral and then he was like, see people? And they're like, wow, you are the shit. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then that's how it got, you know, it got the um, recognition. I think of a woman named Mel Mel Jones, who was Stephanie Elaine's assistant at the time, and then Stephanie Elaine came on as a producer and then brought me on after. Like, it was that sort yeah. of thing of, like, everyone was like, this is gold. She did Boys in the Hood. She back, did. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I was curious. That movie was just, it kind of really hit, like, a great note. 
It was amazing. I think it was made for like $250,000 and went on to make like a few million. That's a lovely way to look at it. It was actually, no, as a person was like, no, it was made for like 1.7, but that's lovely. (laughs) I was like that. I'm like, that's a great story. I got the budget. At the end, but that was great though. I love that. I'm like, if we, but we definitely, you know, we made it for like a little over a million, you know what I mean? It was like 1.3, went to Minnesota to get the rebates and all of that. So the final take was like a 1.3. And then, um, yeah. And then we did really well, you know, really well at the box office. Uh, well, I was curious after that, was that when you were approached for Project Greenlight? So let me talk, let's talk about that. So I did Dear White People, right? And I made $40,000 and that was over two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's $20,000. So the whole time you had worked on that the movie, that was The entire time. So that's why I'm like, that's why I wanted to break it down and okay. to be like, cause I hate yeah. like, you know, like the thing for me, like where I love Lori Parker and was talking to you about, I needed someone to mentor me and to be yeah. like what? This is what it looks like? It's not all like diamonds and red carpet? And you're just like, no, girl, no. You know, and that's why I want to talk, when that, that was helpful to know, like, yeah. this is more like people want to come A lot of people don't understand the reality yes, of the business. Yes, right? All, you know. So let me break it down for you. Like, here's the reality of the business. So yeah. People, like, they see me on paper, and they're like, you're the shit. Like, you've done da 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 And I'm like, let me tell you, $40,000 for dear white people over two years and couldn't take another, real, uh, take another job because I was having to work on that film. Right? To prepping, production, everything. Uh, no, yeah. yeah, development. Development too, yeah. Prepping, shooting, posting, getting it out there, right? Because at the time, until your movie is out there and sold, nobody's thinking that you're the shit. You have to have it go out into theaters, right? Yeah. Like we did well at Sundance. That was great, you know what I mean? But he won the director's thing. So we're waiting to have it come out in the marketplace, right? Because once people see like, oh, this movie is a hit, that's how you get your next movie yeah, done. You roll off that success. You feel me, right? Yeah. So I'm saying, so for my time, I'm like trying to take, you know, figure out like, but my big ticket, my big hook was, you know, Dear White People. And I was broke. And I shared about this when I did um, the keynote for Film Independent. Yeah, I watched that, by the way. Yeah, oh yeah. With this, so you know, like, but no thanks. But like, yeah. but that's real. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Of being yeah. like, I almost like lost my house. I was afraid that my car was going to be repossessed. Like it was a shitty shitty time because and you're just trying to hold on um and then that real talk is how I got project greenlight because I was like I was in such debt you know doing a good I knew that dear white people was going to be great I knew it but it was taking too long and I had to like feed myself um and then you know and then that was one of those moments like I'm grateful for the experience yeah but remember when I talked about whoring out and how like wanted like the shit you know what I mean? Yeah. That was one of them. Were you familiar with like the, the show? I hated this show. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm saying the pro- like now I'm gonna be I love the fact that I went through it. But yeah. like when I first I mean I never wa- I mean Project Greenlight, the first ones was like a bunch of like with love in my heart, I'm not necessarily politically correct. But like, there's a bunch of old like white dudes sort of like jerking yeah. themselves off like, Oh, we're so good. <laughs> it's true. That's what I saw. Yeah. I'm like, who the fuck you know what I mean? Like it had nothing there was never any women, sure as hell no people of color, and it was always content that nobody I was like, who cares? This had nothing there was I had no way of accessing that. And the yeah. people that I came up with, the women, the LGBTQ, people of color, like all of us were like, What? Like, I don't get it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, it was oh, that's something... bizarre from- to me, too, that none of, I mean, I guess, you know, to be honest, none of those directors who made those Project Greenland movies ever went on to do anything successful beyond that. Right. You know, it's so interesting. The re- Pete. In a way. <laughs> Pete. Pete. I'm like, I'm not Oh, yeah. The writer of... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he went he, on like, to write for Pete, he, Peter for, Farley. Yeah, and, for the Farley yeah. brothers. So. 
Um, you know what I mean? So like that's what he does. But he makes it like he's like doing well. And actually, yeah, I really I think like he's it. one of the exceptions. He's the so. exception, right? So you know, um, so that's so I got and I love HBO. Like HBO, I did five movies for them, right? And when they call, like you better open the door. And they definitely were like, look, f, we need a real, we need a producer over there. Um, but there's this guy like Mark Joubert who's going to be like the Chris Moore, right? And I was like, great, because I needed a job, right? I mean, real talk, <laughs> yeah, I needed a job. Yeah. And then when I met with um, Perrin and with Mark, those are the guys at Adaptive who made the deal with HBO to do Project Greenlight. Um, you know, I was clear, like this was not on camera, but I was like honest with them. You know, I was like, this script that you're doing, it was a horror show. Like, and I love horror. Like when I say it was a piece of shit. So it was not I mean, horror shows. I love, you know, because I'm a genre person. Yeah, yeah. But the script that we had, I was like, are you doing? And I literally said, are you doing this script so that it's controversial and people will come at you? Like, is that what the purpose of this is? Yeah. And you guys ended up not even using that script. Well, that was a thing when was we that? had that, when we had the interviewing, yeah. that was the shitty script where uh, I was like, when I had that moment and I was like, okay, so the only person of color is a, you know what I mean? I had to do, I had to go in so they wouldn't be like, this is, because like we were sort of talking like the script was like great and I'm like, the script is terrible. Like, and then what was so great to Jason's credit and the reason why I fought for him too, like I'm not going to try to, I'm not throwing that kid under the bus. I fought for him and also he came in and out of that room three times. He didn't really want to do the show. We kind of made him come back a time or two just so you really? know, it looks like on TV ah. he came in once because he was a little bit like, and that's where I was like, Jason! Because he <laughs> literally was the one that was sort of like, this script is terrible. Like, you know what I mean? So you thought like, how am I going to benefit off of this if it's just this script that is not Yeah, that's really how he was thinking anywhere. or what do you mean? So, oh, is that what he was thinking? Like, how am I going to benefit no, no, off No, 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 no. He was, no, he's a real artist. Like, okay. no, like I yeah, mean, yeah. like, in his defense, because people always like, he was horrible or whatever. I'm like, no, he wasn't. I was like, he's actually was the most talented director. You yeah. know, one that of the most. That short that he made was, was really great. interesting. I thought it was great. It clearly had a voice to like, it. Yeah. yeah. Like, no one can, I mean, you can't come at him. For that, like he's really smart. And then the thing that was like a little dubious is that it looked like he came in for one interview and then that was it. No, he came in two or three times because people were like, does he want this job or not? And then we brought him in again. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm interested if that script can get worked on. And then, and it was beautiful because it was that thing of like the boyfriend who doesn't like you that you're like, I love you, my husband, you know? <laughs> playing hard to get. Totally. But he wasn't playing hard to get. He yeah. was real. He yeah. was just like, and you know what? And now in hindsight, I'm sure he's like, he wished he would have stuck to his original gut. Or maybe not. Do you think, like when I was watching that, I kept thinking, well, are they just like giving kind of like a crappy script to like test people to see how they would react? Or was that... No, that's what that was part of it. That was in my head, my interview that wasn't filmed. Like, because remember, like I wasn't yeah. like real talk. I wasn't supposed to be a part of like the show for real. Like I was supposed to be like behind the scene, Like... I wasn't supposed to Oh, you were going to be, gonna be an on-camera presence. No, I was like, I was going yeah. to, this was going to be on, like, I was going to be like how my, like my UPM was, like you saw her once or twice. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because I, like the producer person was supposed to be this guy, Mark Joubert, like the pretty boy with the blue eyes. Yeah. Like that was his job. As Chris Moore was in the other season. Yes. Yep. Right. Yeah. And then it became mom and I was like, why is the camera always in my office? Or like, what's going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I was like, oh no, bitch, you're Chris Moore. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, that's no way. I'm like, okay. Anyway, but that's a whole other subject. But um, but but going back to your original question, that's how the project greenlight. And I, you know, I definitely, you know, I I thought it was I thought I was getting into one thing, it turned into another that I'm ultimately super grateful for. 
in so many ways of one, you know, seeing that like, oh, I can be viewed as condescending. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, where I think I'm being charming. And I was like, oh, that's sort of like a dick move. Like, you might not. Like, you know, like, ah, I could see. You know what I mean? But it's great because, like, you actually see yourself on camera. Was that very surreal to see yourself being portrayed in a scenario and you're being edited? and? Yeah, you know what, though? I have to say, it was surreal. I freaked out. Like, I was in therapy. Like, real talk. Like, when the movie, when when the TV shows were coming out, because I was like... I didn't know, like it could have gone really another way. Like there were people who were haters, racist, trolls. And then there were like, you know, black Twitter. I love my sisters and brothers and my woke white people that came like to support me like I've never seen before. But there was also a really ugly side as well from people who weren't supportive and who were hateful. And then also remember, you know, I am, you know, I am very, I've been me, I really have been with me all my life, you know? And like, I know that I'm not for everybody. Like, I know this. I know this. But it's something to be like, so like, exposed. Like, I'm like, oh, I guess I probably would make really good TV because I'm a hypocrite. I'm complicated. I'm loyal. I'm fear. You know what I mean? Like, all the good things, yeah. but also all the bad things where I'm like, I don't fail. Like, I will not fail. Like, that's the army brat in me. And like, and, and give me your like the more damaged other marginalized person, I'm gonna be your fucking best friend ever. Like, you know what I mean? Like those are my <laughs> yeah. people. Like which but I got to see all of that. And I got to see like, you know, um, which was even better of like what people say when you're not in the room. Mm. That was really intense. And to be like and to say like, oh wow, like that is privilege and entitlement at its best. And to be like, and people not even knowing about microaggressions and like being like, oh, they're just, but for me, like, and watching it on TV was like, when you're in it, like, it's okay, because you're like, it's like when you're in a fight. Because actually, it must be more bizarre to see what people are saying when you're not there, because then you're seeing the other side of whatever conflict there was and all of the... uh... Yeah, and can I just say, which is bizarre, like, you know, the thing, like, one of the producers, Mark Joubert, we had a deal at the very, very beginning that we would never, ever talk about each other on camera and any of those confessionals. We would never talk about each other. And then to watch, and remember, I didn't, I didn't watch the episodes until, like, the premiere was already done, and, like, and I didn't have to sign off on them, you know, and I didn't get paid for the TV show, by the way. Like, not, I don't get anything for any, I didn't get paid for the TV show. I only got paid to do the film, you know, because it was a documentary, you know, quote, unquote. Um... But it was pretty, you know, but, and then like to watch the episodes after it was said and done and then to realize like, oh my God, people were talking shit about me from day one, day one. Mm -hmm. And if you notice in the interviews, I never talked shit about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, cause I was like, what? Like, (laughs) but whatever. Uh, Would you ever do something like that again in the future? Nope. No. No. No, no, First I would last with reality uh, television. No, yeah, I mean, I would only. I mean, like maybe, maybe, maybe I would do something if I were, you know, owning the IP, and it was yeah. like for somebody else to show the real, like how you really make a movie, like and not like a gotcha sort of. I think of what's like, interesting is that mm-hmm. if you went, if you put cameras like behind the scenes of any movie that's being made or within any meeting in this town, I mean, it would you would sort of look at people a different way. You know, people who are also highly regarded, you would not think of them the same way. It's it's very interesting how, you know, pulling the curtain back. And that's exactly what what was so great about Project Greenlight is, like, real talk, they didn't, like, cut that. 
like, you know what I mean? In anyone's favor. It was really like, this is what happened. Like, all of us looked pretty crazy. All of us looked pretty great in some points. All of us were like, but that's really, really what it looks like. That's really what it looks like. In a high pressure situation. In a high pressure situation when like you putting disparate, like what shit, I mean, in real life, when you're making a movie, your director and producer should like each other and should have chosen each other and not have been put together. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that was the thing. Typically that's what, how, you know, you want to mash people up. Yeah, or to be like, this is my director that I've developed the script with them. I've been with them for like a year. And it takes, for me, it's like you have like a three to five year plan, right? It takes like a year or two to get the script together. You have a year to get the, you know, a financing, a year to shoot and a year to get out. Like I'm with this director for a while, right? Like we're family. This was like, hey, hi, Jason. Oh, you won this competition. Hi. (laughs) You know what I mean? And he's a very particular dude and I'm a very particular lady. So, you know what I mean? And I'm sure it was like, you know. But he's, but like, he's, he's lovely. He really, (laughs) I really do wish him the best. And, you know, and I really, you know, I like to let people know, like, we chased that kid. Like, he, he really. I thought his, the short film he did was excellent. Great. It's unicorn. Like, I thought that was great. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I wanted to talk a little about your work with Lee Daniels, who I like quite a bit. How did you end up working for his company and getting involved with him? Oh my God, this is the best. Because I'm not with him now. Because I'm doing the Disney thing now. Oh, okay. So, but I love him and like there's nothing but love. So we, um, and I'm not supposed to talk about this, so I am. <laughs> he, um, remember uh, the Project Greenlight? And um, and after that whole uh, Matt Damon thing, right? And then yeah. that, when the first thing, and I was like, oh my God, my life is over. I really had that That moment. was after the first episode. The first episode yeah. where I was like, oh my God, right? And then people were like, yay, Effie. People were like, boo, Effie. You know what I mean? Lee called me up and was like, girl. And I was like, oh my God. And I've known him for like a little bit through the through the years because we've been knocking around together. Yeah. He obviously is way more successful and like knew how to like harness his producing power much better than I ever he did. He started off as a talent manager. He was a talent right? manager yeah. and then yeah. went into producing and then sort of was a heavy handed producer like in, like in the ways of directing and then became a director. Like he has a beautiful career and he has, he's very, yeah. did Monsters very Ball, talented. Did Monsters Ball, I believe, yes. as a producer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like he's, very talented. Like you can't, you, you can't steal that man's thunder for that. And he called me up and I was like, oh my God, thank you so much, Lee. Like, you know, he's like, girl, how are you doing? You let them have it. Good job. You know what I mean? Like he was really loving. And I was like, I think I'm a little freaked out, Lee. Um, I said, I don't, I've got to wait for people to like, you know, forget about this because I don't think like the people, the people, people, like the up and comers, the ones who feel marginalized and other and the people like fight the power they're on my side but like the white dudes that have the money like now view me as difficult now view me as combative now view me as like possibly taking out like you know uh becoming an ass to one of like you know hollywood's and america's most cherished celebrities like you know what i mean like and then like he had to go make an apology he never apologized to me he just apologized in general like did he ever reach out to you after never, the show never never ben affleck either never like that, I was like, I was really, per- I really probably, they don't give a shit. They're making like millions and millions of dollars. They couldn't give a shit about me. Like real talk, you know what I mean? They could not care less. But Lee, actually, I was like, Lee, I think I like, I got to wait. You know, I need a job. Like I got to figure it out. I got to like save up my money and I got to wait till like hopefully America has like a really short memory. And then I could, and then hopefully people will forget and I can like go back and like, cause like what, who's going to finance my movies? Like after this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then he goes, girl, come work for me. 
I just made this big, you know, deal at Fox. There's a woman named Pam Williams that's running my company. Come and work for me, you know, come and do film and TV and like, come on. And that's like, that is the type of man that Lee Daniels is. And I love him for that. Like, I love him for that, that he was like, come on, come do that. And I will take a bullet for that man because of that. And I met with um, his producing partner, and uh, her, her name is Pam Ose Williams, who was great. We got along like a house on fire. And, um, and she let me, you know, she's like, come on in. So that's how, what I did for the first year. And then, and this was really unfortunate, but like, they really need a development person. I remember I did that back like 15, 20 years ago with Tim Burton and what it turns out like after the first year where I'm like a producer, like I'm a get it done girl, you know, and a woman, lady, whatever. Um, you know what I mean? That's who I am. And, um, and they really needed a development person because they needed to really beef up all of their, um, you know, all of like the, you know, all of their like film and TV and I was bringing in stuff, but I am bringing it in, getting it like, great. Like there's a horror anthology that I brought in, like, you know, there's things and then you want to like, see them through and they're like no 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 you need to keep bringing in more stuff and I'm like but I want to go and like I want to go on set of star I want to go do that and it's like no 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 you're a production executive now mm. like you like there's only run- you know what I mean yeah, and they're like you can eh, take those projects to the finish line oh so. right and that was good to know like okay but like yeah. what I loved was like you know being a part of setting up the writers room you know getting the directors together like the pilot you know of star and the second episode of star that you know Lee did like it was great but after the first year, which ended in October, we were all like, I love you. I call it the hug and release. We were all like, it's good. Let's not re-up my contract. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, no one will talk shit about the other. Like, it's all good. And like, you know, and Lee and I, like, we text and Pam. Like, it's all, it's really all great. That's good. But enough. it's just interesting to be like, like, that was good. Because that was the second time I've ever gone into, um, gone into like a studio sort of system and then you realize and like and even though it was like 20 years ago it was with Tim Burton you know and going into here and to be like oh you know what I'm not a go into the office at nine or ten o'clock and leave at seven kind of lady ever like I can do really good things for like you know you know a certain amount of time right you know like when I (laughs) for prep you know what I mean like I can work like a dog 24 hours a day but like I can only do that for a certain amount of time. Like you won't like you have to be there. My thing was like every day, every day you want to see me every day. I'd be like, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> so what do you feel are sort of the the benefits and also the uh, the downsides of being like a completely independent producer? Well, here's the thing. I don't really even know anymore what it means to be independent. You know, because I feel. You know, uh, if you're talking about someone giving you overhead, even like the big studio producers don't have overhead anymore. So that doesn't really make them a studio producer, uh, right? So um, that that's used to be what the definition was before, you like get someone's under contract, from them and, right? Like if Universal uh, yeah. or whatever, it's like oh, like there's big companies that are like, you know, have deals with, you know, uh, I had a deal with like HBO back in the day, but like nope, the studios nowadays aren't really doing a lot of that because they're doing massive tentpole movies, right? So whether you're a producer you're a producer whether you're a lower budget producer or a high budget producer like yeah. maybe that's a better distinction but you're sort of getting your money outside of the studio system right but like if you're getting right but like for right now the studios are all over the place like i could be like a my studio producer i guess so yeah like i'm working with like disney i've worked with hbo i've worked with fox do you know what i mean but do i feel am i but no if someone was like what are you i'm like mm, probably indie 
You know what I mean? And I think that's more in spirit and like content and what you gravitate toward because wherever there's money, the indie people will go after the studio money and the studio money will go after those independent, yeah. like those high net worth individuals. Money is money. You know, that's my, you know, that's my feeling. Yeah, I guess now in this climate, everything is so dispersed and the business is changing so much. So it I mean, really at Sundance, is. Sundance, I mean, Netflix bought. Well, that's who, yeah, Netflix and... is like everything. Like everybody's <laughs> like, like killing people to get to Netflix. And remember, in Amazon, like, did you ever think? I mean, it's huge. Yeah. And now, I mean, like, I have this big old TV. That is the one thing that I got from Project Greenlight, my Samsung 70 inch 4K. Oh, with like, the curve. I like and that it's, a lot. Like, literally, I never leave my house, which is also why I never leave my house. Um, but nowadays, where I'm like, that screen is huge. Like, I don't have to go to the theater. Yeah. Right? definition, it's the same yes! image you would get in the movie theater. I know! Yeah. That's where I'm like, I don't, and I can be on my couch with my dog, and like, yes, and like, in sweats, yeah. yes. Um, uh, so like, anyway, so I feel that like it's a new world order, how we're viewing content. Like, we're viewing content on our phones, on our iPads. Like, it's just different. And going in theatrically, you know, it's just like, I hate to tell you, but like theatrical is losing money, I think. Yeah. It's lost money. Like it's not, that's not even... I think even when a movie does make money theatrically, all the expenses that go into yeah, making people that people like, happen, yeah, people like, well, we had to spend like $20 million in P&A and then you have to split 50-50 tickets with the house and and then you're just like, oh, so that's how independent producers who do like, we did great big movie money and it's like, you'll see $20. At best. Every movie that I've ever done, I've never seen a dime back in. Really? Ever. Even when it's like contractually, you'll get residuals and never... There's not many residuals as if I was like a UPM DGA. UPM DGA. Yeah, that's a residual. Yeah. But no. Like, I get like points. Good luck. Like, we've never got... <laughs> I've never gotten a dime. If it wasn't for like, you know, me being like a part of the DGA, I wouldn't ever see a dime from anything. Oh, that's interesting because you always had the perception like residuals come in, a movie has some type of success. You can... Well, I don't, I mean, like, but, like, once it trickles down to, like, that's why the whole thing is, like, your movie has to do so extraordinarily well that you get something. Like, it was funny, like, you know, um, Pam was telling me, who worked at Lee Daniels, was like, they just started getting money back from the butler. Really? Right? And that's what I'm saying. That was a huge success. Crazy success. And she's like, and and I won't go into, like, how much they're getting, but, like, it was, like, peanuts. And you're like, are you kidding me? They're like, and that's the whole, that's the racket, where you're, like, starting getting from here to there, and the trickle-down theory, you get nothing. It's Which, like a pyramid in the Yeah, the and you're just like, good luck on seeing yeah. <laughs> anything. You know, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that one day I'll be really, really, really wrong. And somebody will be like, Hey kid, you've been doing it wrong this entire time or have your lawyer do that. Because I've everybody that I've talked to is like, I've never seen a dime. And if you see a dime, it's like five years or six years down the road. Like mm-hmm. after everybody's been paid back plus their whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So is it better maybe to ask more money up front? Or yeah, that, that's the whole thing. And that's, that's, the, the, that's, the, yeah. that's the trick. Where everyone's like, you take your money out of the budget because it might be the only so money So I feel like sometimes people try to tell you, well, you know, take a little up front because you'll get more money if the thing is a success. And that's but a lie. <laughs> in my opinion, like unless I'm saying, like if someone could definitely prove me wrong, yeah. I'm just saying in my world, and I've been around a long time, but maybe like I've been doing the wrong thing a really long time. But other directors and producers that I talk to, they're like, good luck. That's why a lot of us, if you notice, like who are producers, are going into like, you know, the like a corporate world. Not corporate, but like running Amazon, right? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't take a genius to figure out where it's like, you know, like a lot of like we're, we're all like the talented producers and filmmakers going. There's a lot of them 
Like I look at the thing, I'm like, oh, now you're at Netflix. Oh, now you're at Amazon. Oh, now you're over at Oculus. Oh, you know, you're, you get to see like, it's hard to keep yeah. yourself. You know, I saw that recently. There was an independent producer who used to work at an office that I worked at. And then I saw, oh, he's working for this big company. I was like, okay. Yeah, because after a <laughs> while, guess, you know yeah, what you I mean? Like, sustain it in a way. When it's you're young, difficult. you know, yeah. like, and I love like myself and I don't think that I'm old, but like, I'm grown. Like, I've been around a long, like 25 years. Like, I'm 45, right? 45, 20. Yeah, right. Okay, that's about right. You know what I mean? Like, I've been around, I've been working ever since I got out of college yeah. in this. I have a lot, like, and they have, like, a roach. I have not died. So I was having um, coffee with Silas Howard, um, and he's a, a trans director who did Transparent, This Is Us, did, like, a bunch, like, really, like, a, a lot of, like, a, a really fabulous director. And, you know, and we came up to, we were doing a movie for HBO, like, back in the day, and we've, like, known each other for, like, 12 years or, like, some, some ridiculous amount of time, and we were just laughing because we're, like... We're like roaches. She's like, he's like, we're like roaches. Like, well, like, like they thought they could kill us. Like, you know what I mean? But like, we just hung on, like whatever nuclear blast, like we still are alive. And that, cause that's why we're just finally like, eh. yeah. like they couldn't kill us off. Like, so we're sort of like, we're these weird vets. <laughs> so. Uh, well, I guess to close it out, what would be some advice that you would give to somebody who's starting out, who maybe just graduated from college, who's uh, transitioning to trying to find their way in the entertainment industry? couple of things. One is that you need to start getting your bones and by that mean that you need to start working. Don't think that you're going to immediately come in and be like, I'm a producer, a producer's assistant or something like that. Like, good luck, kid. It's better for you yeah. to work your way up and it's going to take some sweat equity and it's going to take some time. But that's the deal. So I think that you should start, like I call it, make your bones and start working your way up through the ranks. One. Two, I feel that like even while you're doing all of this, you still need to keep your creative juices going. And like in there, like while you're making your money working on other like big like TV shows, films and things of like that as a PA or making your way, you can still be producing or directing, you know, like student things or really low budget or things on your own. Because now with technology, yeah. anybody can do anything. Right, Cameras you know are what I mean. Camera, yeah, everything. Like, equipment. so keep it going. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like, and you being like, oh, like, oh, I'm still doing shorts on my own, and I'm working on so and so's film. That makes you really desirable because that shows that you have motivation. That after you work all day doing this stuff, you still have believe in yourself. Yeah. Like, that's really important. And then the other thing I feel that it's a new day, and you need to start branding yourself. You are your business. And that's what kids today need to really think about is to be like, who are you? What is your brand? So when somebody sees, you know, Joe Schmo or, you know, Jill Schmo, they'll be like, oh, I got it. This is like, this is what they stand for. This is what it is. Yeah. Because remember, like, there's a million things on TV now. The films are on TV. TV is on TV. Web series are like it's yeah. over. It's almost it's like all one. It's thing too now. much. Yeah, yeah, it's too much. <laughs> and it's like and the things that sort of break through are the things like oh I like that person. Um, make no bone. Here's real talk. Your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those things matter. All those followers matter. Don't you dare think that I don't look at that. Our producers don't look at that to see like oh they have like three million followers. Great. I can at least expect like a million of them to show up at least. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you get to see all of that matters. So when you're, it's interesting when you're packaging a movie after filmmaker, 
whoever it is who are looking at that Actors and saying, we could, so. we could sell this, we could finance it based on... You can see, like, this person yeah. is huge. I used to run, like, when I had another foray of thinking that I was going to, like, you know, work in a corporate job. I used to be the head of production for the Collective Digital Studios, and these were the guys that used to, like... Um, uh, manage all of the high, you know, like all the like badass YouTubers, like and and their MSNs, like all of that, right? Mm. Um, and that's when I really was like, oh, sure can. Do you know how much money those kids make? Do you know yeah. how, much, how powerful that I keep calling them kids? Now how powerful the agencies they are? have departments just for the YouTube. Yeah, and that's uh, but like, and we were the manager, yeah. wow. and now the agencies because it's that's where it is. And it's yeah. the thing of like, and know what's brilliant about it. It cuts out the distributor, really. It's like I have my own channel. I'm sitting on the side of my bed. Like Gigi Gorgeous. Have you seen? There's a movie that's yeah, on Barbara Netflix. Barbara Koppelman directed So that. great, right? Yeah. And you get to see... So like Sundance, this is a, so Yeah, and yeah. I saw this. And oh, like yeah. this kid, you know, back in the day, like and grew a following. Like people love, you know, love her. And now I know like, oh, like, if I put her in this, you know, she can tweet one thing. And they can show up. Lee Daniels is brilliant at it. And he was brilliant at it before, like, it was really a thing. Because if he, everyone's like, oh, my God, like, all the stars that he has, he's, like, very much, like, they're stars and friends of his, but they also know they bring. Yeah. They bring, they bring, they bring, 